Rock and Roll Death Brigade Podcast with Randy Rock and Cody. All right, it's Rock and Roll Death Brigade Podcast with me, Randy Rocket Cody of TheMetalDen.com. It is November 27th, 2022, Sunday. Hope everyone's doing good out there. Had yourself a, a happy Thanksgiving. Hope you had a good meal to celebrate uh, with your family, spend some time with your loved ones, and... Uh, Got a lot of ground to cover, so we're going to talk about some of the latest news stories you'll find at TheMetalDen.com before we get rocking with some music. I'll talk about some of the upcoming appearances I'll be doing. Some of the uh, new things I'll be working on as well over at RandyRocketCody.com. Uh, but first off, let's go ahead and talk about the latest stories you're going to find at TheMetalDen.com right now. Uh, right now, the biggest story uh, going on. You've got uh, Pantera has added more European tour dates. So now they've started to expand their um, these tribute reunion shows overseas, but they have still yet to announce one American show. So that's fans, fans in America are starting to get pissed off about it because here you had Pantera came out of Texas out of the uh, the DFW uh, Dallas Fort Worth you know Arlington if you will areas of Texas and that's where they made their made their bones and that's where they they made it all happen and and, and really blew up from from that scene here in America so you know and, and Pantera had a big deal to do with saving heavy metal in my opinion you had that horrendous just downfall of totally commercialized glam metal that was just ruining heavy metal and uh making it very unpopular uh bands like warrant sealed <laughs> sealed the deal for for me and for many others when when they you know the cherry pie and all this crap came out uh was just so just stupid and and look even Janie Lane knew it was stupid and, and ruined his career by writing that song. They told him to write it so that they had a hit for that album. Um, you know, it's all about money. It's about about record sales. And a lot of bands will sell their soul straight up to, to do what they've got to do to make that money and keep that, uh, that deal with the devil going, okay? Uh, we've got uh, Tommy Lee has released the worst music video of all time. I mean, he has outdone himself here in sheer stupidity ladies and gentlemen uh this one is called uh as i understand it the video is called bouncy castles it, that is the weirdest creepiest uh title for uh bouncy castle okay singular not okay so but that to me that represents which is just creepy is those little uh those little uh, bouncy castle things the kids playing with all the little balls and stuff that are inside there and uh bounce around in or whatnot you, you can find them i guess like uh kids parties backyard parties and whatnot that's just creepy man that's what he's titled this thing and it's just really gross i mean it's just nothing but carnage uh, just bloody carnage and just really weird abstract type of animation 
So it just really, <laughs> people are just scratching their head. What is this guy thinking? He's just, he's, he's really outdoing himself in stupidity. But this is, uh, you know, features uh, dildo helmet wearing freaks and cunt face is sprayed, spray written on the wall. I mean, just the stupidest techno triple X themed garbage ever dumped on the masses. Animation by Smearballs. You can check out the uh, train wreck at themetalden.com. All right, and some of the other news. Uh, I've got a report up called Motley Cruz, the Stadium Tour, Pizzagate, and Satan. That's a new one I've just posted. That's part one. That's a, just a really interesting uh, look into the uh, occult aspect of the way that uh, Mick Mars's final concert with Motley Crue worked out. The uh, the numerology behind it, which leads into all the st stuff I'm talking about with the occult and uh, the Illuminati, ritual sacrifice, these types of things. Okay, you've also got uh, Scott Stapp perform My Sacrifice at St. Peak Bike Fest. Um, you can check that out. It's, uh, he's, he's still throwing it down, ladies and gentlemen. Now, there is a new rumor coming out that, uh, which I have not actually, this is the first time reporting it, but that potentially, um, you know, we know about him potentially, you know, he's being considered for the Motley Crue job, but there's potentially now that uh, Creed is going to reunite and get back together. That's something I'm hearing. So, not really sure what's going on there. Now, we know how big Creed is and what a big comeback that would be for the band. Uh, they sold a ton of albums, similar to like Motley Crue. They were a real big radio uh, popular band of their time, just like Motley Crue was. And so I really think that that's going to be something interesting to see how that works out because, you know, definitely I would, I would think that Scott would want to uh, reunite Creed again. So we'll see how that works out and how that plays into this whole secret uh, plot to hire Scott Stapp to replace Vince Neil. Which again, I want to say something that's never been confirmed by, by myself, by anyone from the band, Scott himself. Nobody has confirmed anything about Scott Stapp being the, the new lead singer for Motley Crue. You've got these websites out there that will put out that after they've taken st something from my site, which is clearly says that this is a rumor, it is not confirmed. And then they say in their headline that, you know, Vince Neil's being replaced by Scott Stapp. That's just the stupidest thing I've ever seen. It's like one of those things where you tell somebody, you know, the way that something looks and then they just tell another 10 people. And by the time you hear from that 10th person, how they, de how they describe what they originally told, it it's a totally different. It's, it doesn't even match. So that's what happens with, with publicity. That's what happens. And, and it's retarded because I clearly did never did confirm that Scott Stapp is the lead singer of Motley Crue. Now, look, the fact of the matter is, is that I've, I've proven, if you've been following my uh, Facebook, I've been putting up different uh, pieces of evidence that point to the fact that he is a part of their inner circle. He works with Marty Fredrickson, uh, uh, who has worked with Motley Crue and worked with Vince Neil. He's, I've, I've shown that he's performed with Vince Neil in uh, 
the past uh, recent years, he's actually performed at the same event on the same bill as Vince Neil. So it, it goes it, it goes a lot deeper than than what people understand in terms of uh, you know Scott's connection to Motley Crue. And so there's other people I know that are being considered for it. We don't know exactly what's going on with Vince Neil right now. He has he has uh, some solo shows coming up here at the start of the new year. So we're going to see what kind of shape he's in. Maybe that's a part of what what's going on here is to see see what see if he really does you know if he's able to keep himself in shape for this next run of shows with Motley Crue. Uh, we'll see how he does. You know, we saw how he did before the stadium tour, right? He fell off the fell off the the stage and hurt himself, broke some ribs. I mean, him him and Tommy Lee, right? This, the, all these ribs being broken, and Vince forgot how the the, the lyrics. He couldn't say, and said, "I can't. My voice is gone." Now he's got to use a teleprompter during the stadium tour. So it's just it's getting worse and worse. You've got. Nikki Six and, and uh, Tommy Lee sabotaging the shows by turning up their having their uh, their instruments turned up in the mix so loud with the bass rumbling so loud that it just totally it's it washes out most of Vince's lyrics in the mix live. So that's what's going on, and that's what they're trying they're trying to pull off so that you wouldn't hear how crappy Vince sounds because they could not go the route of uh, lip singing with him because. I had already exposed that that was a potential route that they were going to take. And everyone's been, it's a big controversy about bands that are getting paid high dollar, top dollar to, to, to play a live show and they're not playing live. Well, we know what happened when I caught Tommy Lee during the stadium tour. What? Playing to a backing track for drums. Okay, so it just, it continues to just get ridiculous. It's like spinal tap ridiculous with Motley Crue. So we'll see where this all goes. I also have a new interview posted for uh, my interview with Chris from Nynamia Band. That's a cool one, man. Check it out. Uh, it's, that's uh, the band that features drummer uh, Dirk Verburen from Megadeth. So definitely check out. The interview uh, got a lot of good information in there about what's going to be coming from the band and, and what they're going to be doing as far as next year when they release their uh, their debut album and and playing shows and, and getting getting going on, on playing uh, out to people and hopefully coming over here to America. Hammerfall has announced a North American Brotherhood 2023 tour, and Motley Crue had suddenly canceled some tour dates in Brazil. We had talked about. Um, People are still upset about that. There's no real reason given for why those uh, those dates were just you know canceled, but they have been. Uh, they're not being rescheduled. They're not postponed. They're completely canceled. So we're not sure what's going on with that. But uh, you know, there's going to be a lot more news coming out. I'll be posting about this whole Motley Crue thing and the potential of Vince Neil being replaced again. You know, you have to understand that we just went through the process of what with Mick Mars, right? They didn't want to. They didn't want to come clean about that one. I had to blow that story up for them to even for Motley Crue to come out and say, "Okay, okay, okay, Mick is being replaced by John Five. As I said it weeks before, and everyone said I was crazy then, right? And I got nothing but heat from everybody. Yet this, I went and brought you on doubling down with an actual name for the source. That was is willing to put 
you know, his neck on the line, this Jason Green, and we were able to do that, and that was what got us uh, the the lift in the media and all the major radio stations across the country uh, that um, that put that story out once we doubled down on it. Look, that's the nature of the beast in publicity, and I won. You know, I won. It's like um, it's like a high noon in in rock and roll publicity. Me and Nikki Six went toe to toe, but he lost. He had to come clean, right? He had to had to come. They came through Variety, then they put out a little little uh, flyer thing. Nikki didn't even have the the decency to say anything, and you know, come out because he knew he was caught. He knew he got caught. I exposed. He was trying to not have to have that story come out the way that it came out because it was going to affect ticket sales. So I had exposed it, uh, you know, at such a level. So many people found out at one time that he had to he had to do what was right and come clean and say, "Look, yeah, we did replace him." So. We're going to see where this goes. Nothing's been confirmed. Vince Neil is still singing for Motley Crue. Uh, how that's going to work out if he actually does continue to do all these shows overseas, which is a lot tougher than just traveling around, touring around America, ladies and gentlemen. You know, going to actual different countries, you know, and, and doing multiple of them in, in just a, a week's time. It starts to wear a person down. And Vince Neil is not in good shape. He's gained weight again. He's the fans say that say that he's regressing in his vocals, or he's starting to screw around with not even singing the vocals, the the lyrics properly, and is is becoming lazy again, and really just looks not interested in being up there. So, fans are the ones who are calling for him to be replaced. And this is something I was telling people two years ago that this was on the table. Look, Vince Neal was fired before. This has happened already once. So it's not, you know, beyond the realm of thinking that, that this could happen again. And really, realistically, the, the, most, the guy that you could put in that spot right now, he'd need a few weeks, maybe a month. This guy, he's... Real smart, from what I can see, what I've studied so far. He's a really talented singer. I think Scott Stapp would be the perfect dude for this job. I think he's sober, which Vince is not. You know, that's huge. Scott is performing wonderfully out of his solo shows. You can go on YouTube and see. He's not falling off the stage. He's not forgetting the, the lyrics to, to his hits his classics, he's killing it. And so you've got this guy who he's worked with, uh, you know, as I heard, he was supposed to sing with Stone Temple Pilots. Um, but he, he was, uh, was an art of anarchy. And now I'm not, I'm not fully sure if Scott was a part of that band, uh, I believe, but, um, but, but, but Scott Stapp also sang for that band. And, if you listen to that stuff, if you listen to the stuff that he's done with his solo, recent solo album that was produced by Marty uh, Fredrickson, listen, it's a no-brainer. He's got songs like, uh, was it Red Clouds? Uh, just some of these great songs on that, uh, 
solo album he did, I guess it was 2019. Go go check it out on Spotify. Listen to this stuff. This guy's got the range. He's got the ability. And he's not on the booze. He's not. Vince Neil has a legitimate problem. When you've got the ex-limo driver for Motley Crue coming out and, and, and saying the things that he said, which are all legit. Okay, this guy worked with the band. He drove Vince Neil around. He still knows Vince Neil. He knows the situation that's going on. He's saying that Vince Neil is drinking himself to death. Now, they can try and disguise it. They can try and say whatever they want, that, that Vince is not doing that. But when he's spotted buying a $10,000 bottle of booze when he should be working out, that's, you know, that's, that's what fans are going to remember. He decided it was more important to get totally trashed than to get in shape and perform well out at these concerts. Because let's be frank, I mean, you can read the concert reviews for yourself, uh, including the disasters at, the, at, at Fenway Park. I mean, it's just, it's it was brutal. Motley Crue's horrendous performances. And so Mick did the smart thing and jumped ship. I don't blame him. I mean, can you imagine being up there on stage and, and all of that craziness going on and Tommy Lee coming out and telling the girls, spending 10 minutes to getting the girls to try to show their tits to him and talking about showing his penis on uh, Instagram and Facebook. I mean, who cares? Tommy Lee, in my opinion, I mean, he didn't play the first, how many first of the shows because of this purported rib injury. He didn't even play the shows. We'll play two or three songs. He should be replaced. Well, he was replaced, right? For those shows. But look, all fans want is a legitimate rock show. The, the levels of the instruments turned up correctly. No, no sabotage going on. You know, no horrendous singing. So if you can't do the job, Vince Neil, maybe you do need to step aside. Because maybe... Fans would like to hear these songs sung properly, right? And look, at this point, nobody's really interested about John Karabi anymore. It's just the facts. People want to see something fresh. That's what put, putting John Five in on guitar now, a younger guy who's who's more of a modern metal guitarist. And, and, and putting someone on the mic that can actually sing, like Scott Stapp, is not a dumb idea. You mean fans that Scott Stapp would bring to a Motley Crue concert? Do you mean people would buy a Motley Crue record with Scott Stapp singing on it? Sure, you, see, you think I'm crazy. You think this is all one big joke. But listen, Vince Neil is the joke. Vince Neil has to go. I don't care who replaces him at this point. You cannot have Vince Neil front these shows the way he just fronted the stadium tour here in North America. It, if he does that, it's going to be a major, major disaster for this band from a publicity standpoint. These people are going to be brutal. And if he can't make, if he can't even barely make these 36 uh, North American dates they just performed, the limp out of that, you think he's going to perform another 60 to 120? 
and not fall apart and not hit a wall, you're completely insane. Vince Neal needs to go. So whoever it is, whether you're going to have a, a, a Motley Crue tribute singer, or you're going to you're going to bring in a several different guest vocalists like John Karabi maybe, um, and 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 put him up with Michael Starr. These types of people, that might be an idea, but I will tell you right now that if it is Nikki Six and management of Motley Crue's intention to put Vince Neil out again for these European shows, these overseas shows, and then again another second run of uh, a second run of North America in 2024, <laughs> that's gonna be that's gonna be comedy beyond belief. And uh, I'm telling you right now, that's that's just not going to happen. It's not going to happen. So they better they better figure this out. And, uh, and and if they don't have Scott Stapp at the top of their list, they need to put him up at the top of the list now. Because Scott Stapp could learn these songs easily, sing them the way they're supposed to be uh, sung, and... He's not going to sound anything like he sounds in Creed. I guarantee it. And who cares if he's a he's a Christian and he's a guy who doesn't party? You know, I, maybe that's what we've needed all along was was someone that would take this job seriously. Vince Neil just won't. And if he's not going to take it seriously, it's just like in life. If you don't take your job seriously, does your boss keep you on the job? <laughs> no. You're gone. You're fired. All right. Well, before we get rocking with some music here, uh, I do want to send out thanks to everyone who's been supporting my work at uh, TheMetalDen.com and RandyRocketCody.com. All the people that, uh, you know, share my uh, posts on, on Facebook. The people who, even though I'm banned on Twitter, are sharing my posts on Twitter and spots like TikTok. I really do appreciate it. All right. I will be appearing on the radio again coming up on December 7th. Right here, the uh, first Wednesday of uh, the last month of the year, in 2022, I'll be uh, talking to host Ryan O'Neill on WQEE 99.1 in Atlanta, Georgia, about the Dimebag Darrow murder conspiracy. This is uh, assassination by the uh, backed by the CIA and all sorts of crazy stuff that you're going to want to check out. I've written about this before. We're going to get much more deeper into the uh, the details of what happened that night. Uh, so on December 7th, I will be on the radio show on that Wednesday to discuss uh, the report that I will have that will be coming out on December 8th, the next day, which is the actual 18th anniversary of, of Dimebags being murdered on the stage while performing with Damage Plan, way, way back in December of 2004. So you don't want to miss that. Uh, you can check out uh, Ryan on radio on Facebook. You can follow the, the feed that way. And I will also put up uh, a rebroadcast of it here on the MetalDan.com site. All right, let's get rocking with some music.
yay, nay, whatever. I asked him, I said, any chance down the road that you and Dime and Vinny can get past your issues somewhere down the road? Phil's answer, man, it's not really my thing. Some people can say I'm the one that started all these side bands, but look, I'm a fucking musician. To limit yourself to one fucking band and one form of music to me is just treading shallow water. You need to plunge in fucking deep. There's a lot of different forms of heavy metal music itself, and it doesn't all need to be some form of heavy guitar. I've played all kinds of music. That's just how I am, and that's just what I do. I'm not the one that's fucking totally fucking wanted to end the name or the working relationship with Pantera. That was those other guys. They wanted to end it. Okay, who am I to argue besides Philip Anselmo? I'll just say this. Uh, well, you can call it shallow, if that's what he wants to call it. What I call it fucking thoroughly full, 1,000% blood and heart and fucking soul from where me and Vinny were coming from. Because when you put as much into Pantera as me and Vinny did, you ain't got no time to go fucking jack off on no side fucking band, okay? That's right. where we're coming from. And we ain't the ones that took off and left everybody hanging. And he did not communicate with us. Dude, we had fucking meetings set up. I mean, we even, at the, at the end of the rope, after trying to hook up conference call after conference call, him blowing us off, in between blowing us off, would go out and play shows, and people would call us and go, man, he's doing it again. Uh, he said Dom fucking sucks, and Vinny's whatever, you know, just all this ridiculous shit for no good reason. Right. Dude, it finally came to the head where, you know, we're talking to the record company, just trying to get cut loose to do, you know, move forward and do a new band, and, uh, we even offered to prove to them that, look, man, we'll do a meeting with you in your office, Sylvia Rohn's office, right. the head of Electra Records. We'll do a meeting with you, and we'll sit down with these cats and do our goddamn be very best to iron everything out and whatever the hell the problem is. Right. You know, I got no fucking problem. I sit down with them cats and look them right now and say, what is the hang-up, man? You know, and uh, that, that just was – he, he – Blew that off. It would not do it. And the next thing you know, here comes his next super joint record. And in the interviews after, you know, that's the one he gave one time. But right. dude, he, like Vinny says, he's not giving the same answer every time. So you got to wonder about somebody like that. You know, that that don't mean somebody's telling you exactly 100 percent the fucking truth. You know, is that the fill that you guys knew, though? No, no, that's the dope fucked fill. How's that? <laughs> I mean. Tell it like it is. I mean, the fucking brutal truth's a brutal People truth. People have been covering up and hiding the truth behind what's on with that dude for way too long. And, uh, you know, when it started out, he, he really had a lot of fun taking pop shots at us. And when he realized his audience was dwindling and dwindling and dwindling and he was playing to fewer and fewer people, right at the very end of his tour, he started a whole new story. Man, I love those guys. I wish them the best of luck. Bull fucking shit. That's yeah. all I have to say. I hear Who you. do you believe, dude? <laughs> Who, me? Yeah. Well, when I talked to Phil, he was talk. He said about 20 words in about an hour and a half, so I kind of know where he uh, was at, you know. So he, uh, he, he was definitely, I won't say he was high because I was on the phone, so I wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't sitting face to face with him. Let's put it that let me, way. Let me say something about this. People want to question if somebody's high or not. You can either tell by their actions or not. People don't come in the room and just tie off and say, watch out, guys, I'm going to shoot up right now, man. Now <laughs> right. hold on for a minute. You know, I mean, you don't see it. It's a, it's a, sure. it's a secretive kind of thing that goes on. Right. You know? exactly. Man, he was drunk. Dude, that ain't fucking booze, dude. <laughs> you know? Give me a fucking break. Yeah. I so enough you. of that, man. Let's move on to what we're all That's about cool. and what we're here for, man. Not a problem. So how do you guys approach the label then 
once, once I'm, I'm assuming at some point you guys sit down and you say, you know what, fuck him. Done. We're going to move on. We're going to do something started there. taking pop shots at the label because his records didn't blow up big enough. And then that's when they figured out, well, he's going to come at us too. Right. Well, and we, we gave him a badass product, you know. Sure. And uh, they took another look at it and they said, you know what? This fucking shit kicks ass. Yeah, we'll get behind you and blow it up. That's Let's cool. Go. They didn't give you guys any grief to, like, try and make, you know, some kind of li- another live record or another... You no, know, they they already did the greatest hits record. That, right? was, that was the what that was. Was their their uh, final holding pattern was to put out the greatest hits record, and they did that uh, whether we wanted it or not. So me and Dime decided to get behind it, do our best to make the packaging sure. uh, really worthwhile, and to make the the memory of Pantera to be a good one instead sure. of you know the tarnished one that a lot of people feel right now. Right.
we did a lot of drinking. And so, so there was this, oh my gosh, let's see, there was a story. Well, this is what happened. Um, there was one night that I and, and a girlfriend of mine from Camarillo, we went down because we were going to go out with Tommy and a friend of his, who I can't remember his name. He was probably like a bodyguard friend. And we went out. Um, I think we went to the Troubadour. And then we went to somebody's house. And I don't know what happened, but something crazy happened. And my girlfriend started acting like kind of weird. And then Tommy was upset. Tommy ended up punching a wall and like a brick wall. And um, it was really crazy. And um, my girlfriend took off and like we couldn't find her. So ended up that that Tommy and his friend, um, I, mean, I don't know, gosh, I don't remember if they brought me home. I must have had my car and I drove home. And they went back and started searching the streets for my friend. And I guess they found her. Yeah. And then they brought her home.
Help the American farmer. Fuck the Kurds. Help Willie Nelson. He's going to help anybody. Help Willie Nelson. Fuck the Kurds. Poor Willie. 17 million bucks. 17 million dollars in back taxes. See, the problem was he thought he owed taxes. That's why I do that party every year. That July 4th party for free. He's like, come on, man. Woo! It's Willie's party. Woo! Woo! Everything's free. Come on. Come on now. Come down to Willie's Texas Rapid 4th of July party. Woo! And then the government showed up. No, no. No, you don't owe taxes. You owe taxes. Like, what? What are you talking about? I thought they owed taxes. No. No, you owe taxes, Willie. 17 million. Oh, fuck, man. Shit, I do that party every year for free. God damn it. Oh, yeah, he doesn't even sing the way anymore. He doesn't sing the same way anymore. He doesn't. He doesn't sing the same way. He's out there going, on the road again. I just can't wait to get on the road again. Playing music with my friends. He's a bitter fucking guy now. It's taxes, not Texas ones. Yeah, help him before you help the fucking Kurds, man. God, plus they're Iraq, all right? Let's don't forget that. They're from Iraq. The dumbest planet on the fucking moon. They're stupid. They're idiots. They are. They're fucking idiots. This is the group of people got together and go, hey, hey, why don't we have a war with the number one military power on the planet? <laughs> yeah, that was a great idea, huh? Yeah, why don't you just fucking throw rocks at us next time, okay? <laughs> Yeah, he just scared the shit out of all of us, huh, boy? Oh, oh, what a dark hour for our country, huh? Jesus Christ, it wasn't even a war. It was like an impression of a fucking war for us. You don't fuck with us. We have the smart bomb. You do not fuck with the smart bomb. It's the most highly technically advanced radar missile in history. We have it. Yeah. And then again, the American sense of humor, because we're a riot in a war, folks. We're very funny. We're a fucking crack up. Those guys said, you, you, you know what might be funny? If, if we put a video camera right on the head of it. Just so the last thing you see is the guy sticking his head out the window going, oh, bah, bah. You know, like, that way you've got it on film. You've got it on film. You can only blow the shit out of the guy one time. But if it's on tape, you can relive that moment over and over again. Come on, you know those generals were getting drunk at night going, Rewind it! Rewind it! I love this part! It's my favorite part! Look at his face! Stop! Freeze frame! And they're having fun with those fucking videos. Of course, we had to face their doomsday machine. We had to face their weapon of death. The Scud missile. That's right. Yeah. If Kmart was a weapons dealer, they would make. The scat missile. Ooh, scary. Ooh. The scat missile. Ooh. Yeah, it's kind of like the fucking smart bomb. It's kind of like the smart bomb. Basically, what you do is you fire it out the trunk of your car. <laughs> then you go home and turn on CNN to see where it landed. So it's kind of. It's kind of like the fucking smart bomb. Yeah. Yeah, in a way. It's like if you can't afford the fucking smart bomb, you get the scud missile. I love that threat too. The fourth largest army in the world. The fourth largest army in the world. Oh, oh no, no! Oh no, not number four! Oh, ah! 
scary are you if you're fucking number four? Not to mention, if two of these guys would have had outfits that matched, maybe. Maybe I would have been a little more afraid, you know? Maybe I would have been a little more afraid. This was the shittiest dressed fucking army I've ever seen in any war anywhere. Their outfits were shit. Oh, yeah. Terrible outfits. I saw one guy, he was supposed to be an Iraqi soldier. Had Bermuda shorts on. One shoe. A t-shirt that said, I just want to eat. And his gun up over his head going, ah, which, which not Iraqi means, hey, I'll give you this fucking gun for a fucking sandwich, all right? You give a shit about this war, it's not even loaded, I've been out here three and a half weeks, Allah can lick my hungry fucking ass, give me another shoe and a fucking sandwich, I'm your bitch, I'll clean your house, I'll do whatever you want, I'll be prisoner of war! These guys were waiting to surrender. I swear to God, they kissed the feet of our soldiers. One guy brought in 2,000 soldiers, all he had was a video camera. The military said, what'd you use? Some kind of uh, bazooka, some kind of missile launcher? No. No, all I had was this quasar camcorder. I ran into 2,000 Iraqi soldiers going, said, come on guys, let's go. Don't make me record, don't make me do it. You in the back, knock it off, I've got you, I've got you. 2,000 guys, the guy got a medal for having a fucking video camera. God, people couldn't wait to fucking surrender. They were kissing the feet of the soldiers. Just take his hand, feed us! Colonel Sanders could have fucking wondered in this war. We could have sent the colonel over. Colonel! Free bucket of chicken for every tank turned in. Free bucket of chicken! Free chicken snack bag for every automatic weapon. Bring it in now! Till Tuesday! Yeah, till Tuesday, free chicken snack bag. Come on, the, the war was over in 100 hours, the ground war. The air war, of course, went on a little longer because we're funny. Like I said, we're cracked up in a war. I was like, hey, you know, before we actually have any confrontation, before we send in any troops, what, what do you say, just to get their attention, we bomb the fuck out of them for 40 days and 40 nights. Like it's Noah's Ark, all right, huh? Let's give them that Noah's Ark treatment with about 2 million tons of TNT. Oh, yeah, we bombed the shit out, man. They're deaf. The whole fucking country's deaf. All of them over there going, what? Huh? Pee-wee did what? Billy Preston, what, huh? They, can't, they don't know any of the news over there now. They're fucking deaf. We deafened them and they're hungry. They're hungry and deaf. Ah, oh, it was funny, man. The ground war lasted uh, 100 hours. 100 fucking hours. I've had fucking parties that went on longer than that, folks. I've had parties that went on longer than World War III. That's kind of embarrassing, isn't it? I swear to God, it's embarrassing because I know guys are going to meet up five years from now and go, hey, you're in World War III? Yeah, I go, no. No, but I was at one of Kinnison's parties once. Went on for six fucking days. I'm lucky to be alive. I, started, I still have irregular heartbeats. No, I have my own theory why the war only lasted 100 hours. I think our guys got over there and said, hey, Hey, what do you say we end this fucking war and go home before Bob Hope comes back with another shitty fucking show of loser has been celebrities? Let's go! Let's kick ass and get the fuck out of here before Bob fucking Hope comes back with another cavalcade of loser has been stars. I can't believe we sent Bob Hope. He's fucking 90, folks. How funny can he be? He's got a thing on his fucking wrist that says, Help, I'm falling, I can't get up, help! He's got an alert fucking wristwatch on. 
Jesus Christ, I broke my spine! My bones are like pretzels! I'm 90! It's the guy's out there wearing the pins, the headliner. He's out there with a load of shit in his pants singing thanks for the memory. This is who we sent to entertain our fucking guys who are fighting for freedom. What happened to Playgirl of the Month? What happened to fucking Marilyn Monroe? We got fucked in this war. Let's go! They're giving us Bob Hope. He's for. He's farting on stage. Let's get out of here. My God, we got fucked. It's the worst show any wars ever had. Oh, yeah, you can live too fucking long, man. Come on, no one to fucking die. Lay it down. But you can live too long, man. It's ridiculous.